What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast. I am your host, Chris. And if you are tired of needing to be a master at physics or calculus to figure out how to run your fantasy football team, then you've come to the right place. This is common sense fantasy advice that is meant for everybody. After all, you play fantasy football for fun as a way to unwind. And if it's impossible to understand, it will not be fun. Before we get into week four, I'd like to invite everyone to head over to ffapod.com slash sign up and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, this this is a new thing I'm doing. It won't be every day. I'm not going to flood your inbox with emails, I promise. Uh, once a week, Saturday afternoon, early Saturday evening. And it will just be giving you a rundown of stories and news that will affect your fantasy teams. Uh, much like this show, it'll be straightforward info. No crazy long descriptions or anything. Going to give you tips on who you may want to look into picking up if you have any injured players. I'm going to look into weather reports also and give you a heads up if there's any extreme weather that could affect any aspect of the game your players will be involved in. Uh, I also, just as a disclaimer, 100% promise I am the only one who will ever see your email address. This isn't to gather emails, to sell them to people, whatever. This is just simply I have a way to contact you as the host to the listener. Since it is brand new, I'm only going to release it once I get a notification that I actually have people signing up for it. So the moment I get word or notification that I have one person signed up, I'll start crafting the email and I'll start sending it out every week. And I'll continue to do so even into the off season because I do plan on this being a year round show. So even once the games are done, don't stop listening. So I'm going to have some really good stuff for you that'll help you with your team and your draft in the offseason, ranking, statistics, patterns, things of that nature. So pretty excited about that. Like I said, head over to ffapod.com slash sign up, and you'll be able to sign up for that newsletter. It's absolutely free, and I think it's going to have a lot of really good information in there that will do you guys a lot of good. On to week four. Not, not nearly as bad on the injury front as week two was. Week two was brutal. Did have some big names, though. Austin Eckler of the Chargers was placed on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. Uh, He looks like he's going to miss about a month. So if you had Joshua Kelly on your bench, you're in pretty good shape because he looked really good and Eckler's going to miss some time. So it's a good move by you. If he's available for some reason, pick him up. Do not, do not let anybody else get him if you can help it. One that really got me because I have this guy in two of my teams, Nick Chubb of the Browns, MCL injury, expected to miss six weeks at minimum. Definitely better news than what we thought it could have been. Looked like it was an ACL at first. It's not. Um, so it, it should be back this year without a problem, but it will be later on in the year. So if you have an IR spot, that's good. You want to hang on to him. Um, and even if you don't have an IR spot, you don't want to let him go because he should definitely be back, especially with the time he's going to be back being around playoff time. You definitely do not want to let him go. O.J. Howard of the Buccaneers suffered an ACL injury, uh, actually torn ACL. He'll be out for the rest of the year. It's a shame. Really good young player. They actually were starting to use him more. And, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Hopefully he gets, you know, everything goes smoothly and he's back next year. LaShawn McCoy of the Bucs also left the game with an ankle injury. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is an Ironman. Anybody who's been watching him for a long time has seen him get carted off the field and then come back, you know, 20 minutes later, running like there's no problem. The only issue with him with being an ankle injury is the Buccaneers do play on Thursday night. 
So I'd say very, very short turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. If that's anything past extremely mild with the ankle injury, I don't think he'll play Thursday. So you're going to want to keep a really, really close eye on that. Uh, you can, of course, follow the show Twitter. You know, cheap plug, FFA underscore pod. And I will update that as soon as I know anything. Uh, Tyler Reifer of the Jags left the game with a concussion. Uh, it's You never know how long that'll take to recover. Some players bounce back the following week. They do have to pass a pretty extensive concussion protocol. So if he does that, he could play again. Not a huge fantasy impact player, but I mean, tight end is, it can be, not necessarily is. It it's, it's, has more depth this year than in the previous seasons, but some people I'm sure out there do have Tyler Reifert and it does affect them. So I want to make sure I pass that along to you guys too. Um, he, if he passes protocol, he'll play. Scary moment for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen left the game. It fell really, really hard in his left arm. He did return, however. And and to be honest, if he returned after they evaluated him, he shouldn't miss any time. I mean, he's he's their franchise quarterback, and he has really, really made improvements from just year two to year three being this year. He looks really good. And if it wasn't for a few other players just killing it, he'd, he'd be in the MVP discussion right now. He may still be by the time it's over with. So if there was any chance he was injured badly or could do more damage, he wouldn't have been put back in the game. I wouldn't worry too bad about him. Um, keep an eye on it. It's obviously smart to just keep an eye out, but I wouldn't worry. Uh, Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas injured previously, not this, not week four. Both were thought to possibly be able to play week four. Uh, Adams did not. He was pretty upset about that, actually. He voiced his uh, discontent with that on social media, saying he was ready. He felt ready. The team did not want to take a chance with him. He is their star receiver and one of the best in the league. <clears throat> so they decided to you know, use discretion there and hold him out, considering they have a bye in week five next week. And there's really no point in risking it with him considering they're 3-0. and um, Team looks really good, really solid offense, running game. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind right now. There's no reason to bring him back and get him hurt. So ended up winning yesterday anyways, even without him. So, I mean, I don't think he – I don't see any situation where he wouldn't be back week six unless he suffered some kind of setback. But I'm sure he'll be back week six when his team comes back from by. Michael Thomas practiced in some way. Uh, most of last week really looked like he might have been able to come in and play week four. Wasn't. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him out there in week five if he was making that kind of progress. It was possible in week four. Week five, he should be back, uh, providing there's no setbacks. But keep an eye on that also because nothing's ever guaranteed. You never know. But if, if, if guys are saying they're good to come back and they're practicing, then Usually they're not too far off from coming back. Uh, bye weeks for week five. As I mentioned just previously, the Packers are on bye as well as the Detroit Lions. So if you have any players from those teams in your lineup, you will definitely, definitely want to remove them and put them on your bench. Um, also, a little side note, a lot of people don't like to pick up free agents during the week they're going to be on bye. And I, I think that's one of the better times to pick them up. Because sometimes people want to leave a don't want to take up a, a spot on their roster for someone they can't use this, the, the upcoming week. A guy like Robert Tanyan, 
the tight end slash wide receiver, depending on uh, which fantasy site you use, has them listed as both. Uh, I know a couple of them do. I actually, uh, one of my leagues is on the sleeper app, and they actually have them listed as both wide receiver and tight end. But a guy like him, he, he... He's been doing really, really well. Aaron Rodgers seems really comfortable with him. The guy looks really good catching the ball. He's not owned in nearly as many leagues as he should be. He had a killer game last night. He had three touchdown catches. I would pick him up despite him being on by this week because he could be very useful down the stretch, especially tight end being a shallow position. Aaron Rodgers is throwing out of his mind right now. That Green Bay offense is rolling, so... Even once Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard comes back for that Green Bay team, they're still going to utilize a tight end. They've, they've made moves the previous couple of offseasons trying to bring in tight ends to make the impact that Tanyan is making right now. So they're definitely going to use him. Obviously, not every week will be three touchdowns, but he's a guy you can pick up at a shallow position and feel pretty comfortable about from week to week, especially seeing as his bye week will already be over with. Be a really good pickup if you can get him. Okay, on to other top performers from week four. What I'm going to do instead of in previous episodes, I have just gone like categorically like top performer for each position and then uh, subpar performer for each position. I'm just going to run down quarterbacks and I'm going to do receivers and running backs uh, or uh, quarterbacks, running backs, then receivers. I'm going to do top performers, top waiver pickups, and players keep an eye out for this week. Week four top performers at quarterback, Dak Prescott. I mean, this guy, D- Dallas' defense is not good, and that just benefits Dak. The Cowboys are not an overall good team, but Dak Prescott is just ridiculous right now. If that team was 3-1 and one instead of 1-3, and three, he'd be in the MVP talk with Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes right now with Aaron Rodgers. But still, if you have him in fantasy, you are very happy with him. Tom Brady... Aaron Rodgers, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyler Murray, top five point producers at quarterback this past week. Prescott, Rodgers, Murray, I wouldn't worry about week in, week out. They're going to be just fine. They're going to be guys you can plug in and feel confident. Even if the team doesn't do great, they will. Brady and Bridgewater, I don't know. Uh, I always feel like people are going to think it's bitterness with me when it comes to Tom Brady because I am a Patriots fan. It's really not. It's it's a matter of his receivers cannot seem to stay healthy. His running backs cannot stay healthy. He just lost a tight end for the year in O.J. Howard with a torn ACL. So, I mean, it, a lot of injuries on that Tampa offense. Even with all of Brady's experience, as the season moves on and he's without key players, he is 43 years old, some of these things could really start creeping in and, and, and wreaking havoc for him. That being said, if he's by any chance on the waiver wire, I know he's owned in 91% of leagues. If he's available in your league, pick him up, providing you don't already have two solid quarterbacks because nobody should, let's face it, nobody should roster three quarterbacks. That's ridiculous. There's a lot of times you don't even need two. Two is your max, though. Three is just over the top. If you have the uh, a questionable second quarterback, pick up Brady. I mean, he'd be a matchup play. He's not an automatic plug-in because you're facing a really, really stacked defense. That offense will struggle. Mike Evans has had injury problems. 
Chris Godwin cannot stay on the field. Scotty Miller, who Brady seems to have a real good rapport with, left with a hip injury this past week. I mean, if all these guys are healthy, offense is stacked. You're talking the top four offensive options at receiver who are either out for the year or injured right now. So it's going to be tough for him, but, I mean, we've seen him before make something out of nothing. So he's worth having just in case. Teddy Bridgewater struggled to this point. Signed that big contract coming from the Saints to the Panthers. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I love his story. Seems like a great guy. The comeback story was awesome after that horrible knee injury he suffered in Minnesota. I'm really rooting for him. I just think the build of that Panthers offense without Christian McCaffrey is going to be tough to have consistency for him as a quarterback. But, again, he's a guy who can put up a big game in the right situation. He has talented receivers. They're still able to run the ball. He can run the ball pretty well. It's worth picking up, taking a flyer on him. You could do a lot worse. Josh Allen. I mean, I have Josh Allen here on the bottom of my list. Actually went into the next page, so I actually forgot him until I just scrolled down. Another great game. I said this guy's the franchise quarterback the Bills have been looking for for ever since Jim Kelly left, with the exception of maybe Drew Bledsoe for a year and a half or so. This guy... He's made the improvements he needed to make to be a star quarterback. This is huge for the Bills. Plug him in every week. If you have him on your team, unless you unless you have somebody like Prescott or Rodgers in front of him, or you know, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. If he's not your backup to one of those guys, you're starting Josh Allen every week, hands down. Waiver pickups at quarterback. You know, going into bye weeks, or some of you have had quarterbacks underperforming, not living up to their draft hype. These are some guys that could do you a lot of good. Because I don't even think you'd have to waste a top waiver pick on some of these players. You could probably just wait till waivers clear and pick them up and, and keep your waiver priority. So uh, I'm going to go down the list in the, in the order they were in. I'm using ESPN standard scoring for anybody who'd like to know. Uh, Gardner Minshew of the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars are not a good team. That offense looks very shaky, but he has to throw the ball a lot. This guy's only rostered in 56% of leagues. I mean, there's no reason if you have a guy like Matt Ryan, who's been incredibly inconsistent, started out really hot and has done really poorly, you can't take a chance on a guy like Minshew and put him on your bench as your backup, as a guy to fill in for bye weeks. If you're just going to stream or you know, go week from week on your quarterback position. If you didn't get a top guy, Minshew's not a bad guy to have in there as an option. Joe Burrow, uh, rookie sensation again, much like Josh Allen being a quarterback the Bills have been looking for. Joe Burrow looks like the franchise future for the Bengals. He's living up to his number one pick hype. He looks better every week. He has great fundamentals. He's owned in, in, in quite a quite a high percentage of leagues, but only 83%. So, I mean, while it is high, there's still 17% of leagues out there where he's on the waiver wire. If he is, go grab him. Pick him up. Derek Carr of the Raiders. Look, I'm as big a critic as you're going to find of Derek Carr. I don't think he's nearly as good as some people think he is or he thinks he is. But he's still only rostered in 19% of leagues. Go pick him up. The team does not have to win. The team does not have to be great for him to be valuable. All he has to do is get passing yards, touchdowns, 
He runs a little bit. He's not super mobile, but he runs a bit. 81% of leagues don't have this guy on a roster. That's that's not that doesn't make any sense to me. If you are in need of a, a backup quarterback or a guy who can just stream in a good matchup, go get Derek Carr. Same with Teddy Bridgewater. I just mentioned him. He's going to be inconsistent, but in the right matchup, he could be a really good pickup. He's only rostered in 12%, 12% of leagues. So take a look at him. Justin Herbert, another rookie. Burrow was the first overall pick. Herbert was the sixth, I believe. He's only rostered in 15% of leagues. Now, this one's a little bit riskier because the Chargers have said when Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he will be the starting quarterback again. Herbert will go back to the bench and learn. That remains to be seen if that actually happens, but you want to keep an eye on it. You don't want to pick him up and drop someone who is playing every week and then you know have somebody who may not play the remainder of the season. I don't find that very likely. I, I really do believe Herbert will end the season as a starter for the Chargers. Uh, Tyrod Taylor ended up getting hurt. If nope, if, if you're not aware, uh, I think I believe it was before week two, he was actually receiving an injection from the team doctor, and the doctor punctured his lung with the injection. So I think the team kind of feels they owe him another chance to start and prove he can win, but Herbert's performed very well. So that's going to be a really tough one. And they did draft him to be the future of the team. So we'll see where that one goes. Teddy Bridgewater, players to watch this week. I've mentioned him a lot so far. Bridgewater against Atlanta. Atlanta has the worst defense in the league, especially uh, passing defense more specifically. I mean, if Bridgewater is going to have a big game throwing, this is it. And he just came off a hot game. He could have the hot hand right now. If you need somebody to start and play some, uh, somebody who's on bye, or your quarterback's been struggling, give him a shot. Big Ben didn't actually play last week because they were scheduled to face the Titans. And, you know, the whole the Titans weren't able to play because of the positive COVID tests. So this ended up being a Steelers bye week in week four. Uh, they're facing the Eagles. The Eagles have a banged up D. They've been very inconsistent. I think they're going to be able to come out and throw all over them. Big Ben's going to have a really nice game. I feel good about starting him. Now, I just sang this guy's praises, but I'd be very, very cautious of Dak Prescott this week. They're going against the Giants, and the Giants are not a great team. However, their passing defense has been top 10 in the league. Hard to believe. That's one of the few things that team's doing right. But numbers don't lie. So, uh, And it is a division game. Division games are always tough. Doesn't does doesn't matter how good one team is, how bad the other team is. Division games are always tough. They know each other so well. Running back, top performers of the week, Joe Mixon. I believe I said it last week. This guy's waiting to break out. Now I certainly don't think he's going to go for forty fantasy points every week and get three touchdowns and one hundred and fifty rushing yards. But this guy is a key point of that Bengals offense. And he, I think he only struggled early because there was so much movement on that Bengals team in general. New quarterback, new coach trying to fit, figure out where receivers that were injured last year are going to fit into the system now that they're healthy, where Mixon's going to fit in, how everything's going to flow together. They seem to have, at least for this past week, figured out the Mixon thing. I'd feel pretty good about him going forward. Dalvin Cook, I mean, one of the best in the league, without a doubt. I said a few weeks ago I'd be cautious of him, only because of Kirk Cousins' inconsistency. 
I stand by that, but I also did say Dalvin Cook is good enough to overcome that. And he had some runs this past weekend that were just highlight real highlight real plays. This guy's incredible. But I do think you still need to be cautious. But you're going to start him every week because he's Dalvin Cook and he can win you your game. Melvin Gordon of the Broncos. Melvin Gordon has not seemed to suffer at all with all the injuries on the Broncos offense. On the flip side, he seemed to thrive under the, those conditions. Uh, they're going against the Patriots this upcoming week. But who knows what kind of role he's going to play there because their their offense has struggled. But, well, struggled this past week against KC with everything going on. But uh, their defense has looked good. But they seem to want to fit Melvin Gordon into the game plan every week. And that's smart. He's one of their best players. Guy's an offensive weapon. And he proved this past week. Uh, one of the lone bright spots on that Broncos offense with all the injuries they've had, but hell of a week. Chris Carson of the Seahawks, this guy's only problem is staying healthy. That's it. That's uh, actually the problem of a lot of guys in the Seahawks. Uh, it's not a knock. That's just how it is. Uh, he's, I mean, you have Russell Wilson, that quarterback, and, and that receiving talent. You touched that ball 15 to 20 times like Carson does, and you're going to get numbers. He's he's incredibly talented on, on a great offense. So I'd run him out every week. Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. Uh, he's a rookie, so it's kind of hard to gauge him coming into some of these games. He's had a couple of good games in a row now. It seems they feel really confident about him being the number one guy. Remains to be seen, but Ron Rivera... Uh, Coach Ron Rivera of the Washington football team knows how to use talent. And he's not going to stop using Gibson as much for no reason. So if you have Gibson, right now he's the hot hand. Throw him out there and see. I have have confidence in this kid. He looks really good running the ball. Just not a great team or offense overall right now. That could be, he could struggle because of that. But I mean, you could do a lot worse. Uh, top waiver wire pickups for running back. Malcolm Brown. Uh, man, I feel bad telling you guys this one because there's so much inconsistency in that Rams backfield. There really is. And Cam Akers is scheduled to come back maybe this week, maybe next week. You have Daryl Henderson, who had a great week two weeks ago, and then they gave Brown the majority of carries this past week. There's so much flux there. But I'm not telling you to pick him up and start him. I'm telling you, you got to pick him up because all those guys have been banged up in, in the Rams' backfield at some point this year. And if you know it happens again, he could end up being the clear number one starter on an offense that's probably going to be pretty good most weeks. Jared Goff's a little inconsistent, but they still got some talent on that offense. They're going to be pretty good most weeks. And if you have the starting running back there, you're in good shape. So, I mean, with, with all these players I'm telling you about in the waiver wire, it's not necessarily pick them up and start them right away. It's you more than likely have somebody on your bench who is underperforming either the past few weeks, all season. You picked them up on a flyer because you thought they might be better than they are. Everybody does it. That's one of the fun, fun things about the draft is seeing what pans out and what doesn't. But I bet everybody has at least somebody they picked up on their team that is just essentially a a non-threat to score points week in and week out. 
if you don't, congratulations, you're one of the very few. But I would say Malcolm Brown is going to be better than a lot of your bench players, or at least the potential to be useful if somebody else were to get injured. I'd pick him up. Latavius Murray of the Saints. Alvin Kamara is a number one, without a doubt, but they have like a thunder lightning scenario there. Kamara will run, but he's also the receiving back. Murray, they've used a lot in goal line situations. Uh, He can break off big runs just anywhere on the field. He's a very capable back. He's not Kamara, but this past week, depending on your your, your scoring structure, he got you 18 to 20 points. He's not going to be your primary back. So if you have Latavius Murray on your roster and you started him as your second or third running back, put him in your flex spot, you are thrilled with 20 points from him. That is a league winner. That is a, um, he's not a league winner, a game winner, a week winner. So absolutely, he should be owned. He's only owned in 65% of leagues. I'd pick him up if I were you, if he's available. Uh, Malcolm Brown, I didn't mention this, 61% rostered. He needs to be higher too. Naheem Hines of the Colts. He's the backup to Jonathan Taylor, but that Colts offense is not nearly as good as that Colts defense. There's going to be times they really need to throw the ball more as opposed to running the ball. And Hines is, I would say, a major threat out of the backfield receiving. Uh, And he's the number two. A lot of these number two guys are worth picking up just to put on the bench in case someone gets hurt. Then you have a starting running back for just a waiver wire pickup. He's only rostered in 67%. These next two guys... Far, far, far lower percentage. Jamal Williams of the Packers. Again, Aaron Jones is the guy, but Jamal Williams is figured into that offense. He he plays a part. Not nearly the part Williams does. Excuse me. Not nearly the part that Aaron Jones does, but he still plays a part. And if Aaron Jones, something were to happen to him, Williams would more than likely be the guy to see a major uptick in carries and touches. He's only rostered in 20% of leagues. 80% of leagues have this guy on the waiver wire. Again, much like a Malcolm Brown, there's got to be somebody on your bench who is performing far worse and has far worse potential to be valuable than Jamal Williams. Pick him up, give him a shot. Damian Harris of the Patriots. They finally got to see what this guy can do on the field yesterday against the Chiefs with Sony Michelle going on IR for a few weeks and... With the exception of Sony Michelle having a nice game last week, he's really struggled to run the ball. He really has. He's not really a receiving threat. Harris, they picked up last year. They drafted him last year. Didn't get to play at all last year. Was injured, put on IR. This is his first game since he was drafted in 2019. He's been on the field as a pro, and he looked great. Had I believe he had over 100 yards rushing against a pretty good you know, uh, Chiefs rush defense. I'm not saying pick him up, start him over a star player, but grab him. Grab him off the waiver wire. He's only rostered in 23% of leagues. He could be a really valuable player down the stretch and someone you can plug in during bye weeks or in case of injuries. And I know that Patriots backfield is really, really crowded, but he looks to be one of the guys who can run the ball really well. And that's what that team wants to do. When, especially when Cam Newton comes back. So give him a shot. 
who to watch for this week? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Or, excuse me, Clyde Edwards Elair. I've been saying it wrong, or Elair. I've been saying it wrong. Apparently, the H is silent, which I've been calling the poor guy by the wrong name for the past, you know, four months. So, sorry for that. But uh, they're playing against the Raiders. Uh, the Chiefs are. Uh, that Chiefs offense is so good. I mean, even a defense as talented as the Patriots slowed them down yesterday, but they were not able to stop them from just doing what they do. And the Raiders' defense is not good. 32nd, which is the worst. <laughs> 32 teams in the league, they're 32nd against the run. Edwards Alaire is going to have the kind of game they drafted him to have. You're definitely going to want to you're going to want to have him in your lineup. You are anyways. He was a first or second round pick in most leagues, but this will be one of the weeks you look at him and go, ah, that's why I drafted him. This is what he can do. James Robinson of the Jaguars against the Texans. Same thing. Texans have a very poor rush defense. Uh, Robinson can rush. He can receive. He had a he had about 12 fantasy points, again, depending on your scoring format, last uh, this past weekend. Not terrible by any means. Very respectable still. Not what he had done the previous few weeks. Uh, but th- throw him out there again. He's the number one guy in Jacksonville in the backfield, hands down. People thought it might have been Chris Thompson when they brought him in. Doesn't seem to be a threat. James Robinson is the guy. He's going to have a very, very nice week. All right, moving on to the not so good. This one's going to surprise people. Kareem Hunt. I don't think he's going to have a great week. Now, I think it's really, really smart of you to have drafted Kareem Hunt. Even with the use of Nick Chubb, a guy like Kareem Hunt, super talented. People seem to forget this is only his third season. He had an awesome rookie year with the Chiefs and then got into some legal trouble. Chiefs didn't want to deal with it. They released him. Cleveland picked him up. And, I mean, now they have, even with the loss of Nick Chubb for, you know, four, six, eight weeks, they have a number one running back still. Uh, my only problem is there's not going to be any surprise about who to defend, Chubb or Hunt. You know it's going to be Hunt. And normally that's not a problem because of how talented he is, but they're going against the Colts defense. And I feel weird saying that because the stigma of the Colts for many, many years, almost 20 years now, is good offense, defense isn't so great. That defense looks awesome. They look like one of the best in the league. And the offense is the one that struggles a bit. Again, really strange for Indianapolis to have that issue, but that, that's where they are. Don't be surprised if he has a less than stellar game, and but don't be discouraged also because he will be fine. Derrick Henry against the Bills. Again, Derrick Henry does not catch the ball out of the backfield that effectively. The Bills have a very good rush defense, and an entire Titans team has not been able to practice for the past week and a half because of the COVID tests. So you're talking about a team that's going to come in. They are going to stumble a little bit. And, and the Bills are not the defense you want to have that problem against. And Henry's not going to have a massive Derrick Henry game. He's going to struggle on this one. Moving on to receiver. Receivers of the week. Odell Beckham Jr. and Amari Cooper, the top two. Two guys I'm probably the most critical of out of all the receivers, and they, they showed me up this week. Uh, it's amazing when the Browns actually involve Odell Beckham Jr. in the offense, what he can do. And that was the biggest problem. It's not his talent. It's the fact that it just did not involve him. 
It's like they were so afraid teams were going to see it coming. They just didn't want to do it. And <laughs> apparently they've they've been learning that lesson because they have been gotten more involved the last few weeks, and he has been very effective. Amari Cooper, this is one of his big games of the year. He's going to have a few of these, and then he's going to disappear the rest. I, I know I'll stop that criticism when he proves me wrong, when he can have any kind of consistency. This guy is an all-world talent, but he just cannot remain consistent. He's going to have a few monster games each year that make you think he's more consistent or better than he is, and he's going to let you down the rest of them. You want me to stop saying it? He's got to prove me wrong. DJ Shark Jr., awesome game, two touchdown catches from Gardner Minshew. Uh, this guy's the number one in Jacksonville. He this, te- this offense is better with him by far. He's Minshew's favorite target. He's a star receiver. I don't even know if he's in the making. He may already be a star. If you have him, you're playing him every week just based on the number of times he he gets targeted by Minshew. You want to keep him, you know, absolutely start him. C.D. Lamb, you have two Cowboys in the top four for fantasy points this week at receiver. I don't know about this one. I love his talent, but they want Cooper to be the guy. They're going to throw a lot to Cooper. They also have Joey, uh, not Joey Gallup, Michael Gallup. For some reason... Joey Galloway and Michael Gallup mixed up all the time. I, I couldn't tell you why. Just the names. I don't know. They get me. Super talented. If, if this kid was on a different team, I'd say he's a clear number one every week. But there's a lot going on with that Dallas receiving core. If you have a game like this past weekend where Dak Prescott throws for 500 yards, you're in really good shape because you could have a couple guys, a really high-level performance. You're not going to get that every week, though. So if you have Lamb, you're probably going to throw him out in a flex spot. and He might do okay, but don't expect a 20-something point game every week. Adam Thielen of the Vikings. I mean, again, super talented. Uh, He's alongside Justin Jefferson, the rookie uh, from LSU, I believe. They're great targets for Kirk Cousins. The only problem is Kirk Cousins is insanely inconsistent. But... If he can maintain consistency, one of these guys should have a big game every week. The other one should have a respectable game every week. And then you'll have Dalvin Cook who does what Dalvin Cook does. If you get the bad Kirk Cousins, then both these guys could struggle. But based on the talent level and the potential, we're going to throw him out there every week. Mike Evans. I think I was wrong about the Mike Evans and Tom Brady combination. I really thought Evans would struggle because Brady struggles throwing a deep ball. But they have found a way to rearrange the routes that Mike Mike Evans runs to get him the ball. He and Brady seem to be clicking. Evans didn't even play this entire game, and he had a stellar performance. Went way over his projected total despite not playing the whole game. And, I mean, if he's on the field, you're starting Mike Evans. I mean, there's no, no doubt about that. Okay. Waiver wire for receiver. This is, this is a little bit different because... You know, quarterbacks, there's one on the field every week. Running backs, there's usually one primary guy, maybe a backup you use. Receivers, there can be two, three, four on the field at a time. And a lot of times, guys who are really talented, who could really end up seeing an increase in in touches and in, in targets, are not rostered on a whole lot of teams because they're second or third, fourth on a depth chart. It's a case of this first guy here, Tim Patrick of the Broncos. Now, coming into the season, you'd have to say he was probably the third or fourth option for the Broncos. 
I mean, they also had uh, oof, Jerry Judy, I believe, and uh, Cortland Sutton. Well, Judy's been out with injury. Sutton's out for the year. Uh, KJ Hamlin, who they also picked up, Hamler, Hamlin. Uh, I know one, one of those is right. As he also drafted, uh, I believe he's been injured as well. So Tim Patrick has seen a lot of, you know, a lot of targets, a lot more than he would have the last couple of weeks. And this past week, he did great. Two weeks ago in week three, he was absolutely fine. He's only rostered in 1% of leagues. Now, when some of these guys come back, Jerry, Judy, Hamlin, Hamler, you could see his targets decrease. I mean, you, you got to pick him up. He's only rostered in 1% of leagues. The guy got 20-something fantasy points this week. You have to pick him up. I mean, you can't just let him sit on the waiver wire. Someone else is going to pick him up, and, and you're going to regret that. So give him a shot. Again, if you don't have anybody on your bench who's struggling, then okay, fine. Let somebody else take a shot on him. But if you have somebody who's underperforming, you want to pick a guy like this up. He can really, really make the difference for you. Traquan Smith of the Saints, only rostered in 28% of leagues. I really thought Emmanuel Sanders would be the number two in New Orleans. But it has really, really uh, been surprising to me that he hasn't seen a whole lot of action with Michael Thomas sidelined with the ankle injury. I think Traquan Smith is a safe pickup, even if Michael Thomas is there. Because you're going to need more than one receiver to throw to. Emmanuel Sanders just does not seem to be the guy that they want to turn to as the number two. I don't think he has a whole lot of fantasy value right now. Traquan Smith is definitely the guy to go with. I would pick him up. Michael Thomas is more than likely going to be back in week five. Even if he is, Traquan Smith could be a really nice flex play. David Moore of the Seahawks. Yeah, you have Tyler Lockett there. You have DK Metcalf there. Those guys are number one and two. The way Russell Wilson's throwing the ball right now, he's throwing it to everybody. David Moore is only rostered in 1% of leagues. That needs to be higher. He needs to be on more people's bench or in the flex position. This guy is a, a lot better than being rostered in 1%. Scotty Miller of the Bucks, again, with injuries to Chris Godwin, Mike Evans having you know issues and, and leaving games and coming back in, O.J. Howard being out now, Rob Gronkowski not being what they brought him in to be. Brady... Brady really likes Scotty Miller. He loves that really fast, shifty receiver. And and Miller is almost like another Chris Godwin. Not not quite as talented, but just the build, the playing style. He's going to continue to see touches and get looks in that offense. And when you have Tom Brady throwing three to four touchdown passes a week, Miller is definitely a possibility to receive one of those. Who to watch out for this week? Or who to watch this week, not watch out for, who to watch. Players who are going to do well this week. Tyler Lockett against the Vikings. This past week he had a down game for him. A couple of receptions, no touchdowns. Two weeks ago we had the big three touchdown game. Not every week's going to be like that. Realistically, no matter how good you are, you're going to have a week where you just don't perform up to your up to standards. It could be anything. Could be game plan. Could be just uh, game situations. Either way, Tyler Lockett's going to be fine. He's going to be fine against a very mediocre Viking secondary. Russell Wilson's going to find him and find him often. Feel good about Tyler Lockett. Same with Robbie Anderson. He has proved in Carolina he is more than just a deep threat. He runs all sorts of routes. 
He's not just north and south like he was with the Jets. Teddy Bridgewater seems very comfortable with him. And he, he's, I wouldn't say he's the number one there, but again, you don't have to be the number one as a receiver to be effective. So absolutely feel good about putting Robbie Anderson in this week because the Falcons defense is not good. Who to be careful of? Cooper Cup. Now, full disclosure, I love Cooper Cup. I'm a huge Cooper Cup fan, but I think there's just inconsistency on that Rams offense as to which receiver is going to be the go-to guy that week. And the Washington football team does not do a lot very well, but they do have a very good secondary. Maybe not big names, but they've played well, and they're, I think, 7th or 8th-ranked secondary in the league. You throw that inconsistency in there with Jared Goff, I don't think Cup's going to have a great week. The previously mentioned Tim Patrick of the Broncos, they're facing the Patriots this week. And the Patriots' offense was not great last night against the Chiefs, but that defense... That defense did pretty much what the Chargers did to Mahomes, and that is pretty much held him in check for almost three quarters. And I know it doesn't matter because the outcome of the game is what matters. But against a lesser team, and the Broncos are a lesser offense right now with a lot of injuries on that offense, the Patriots' defense is going to be able to do a lot of damage against them. I would not feel good about starting Tim Patrick in this game, despite the fact he'll probably be the primary receiving target. That means he's going to get a lot of attention from very good defenders on New England. Not going to have a great week. But pick him up and start him. You never know. But I'd make sure it's a flex position or just pick him up, keep him on the bench, and see what he does uh, going forward. Well, that is it for this week. Uh, I really appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, and I really want to be interactive with with all of you. Uh, the show is meant to be something anyone with any skill level can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So if you have any questions at all uh, or feedback, please don't be shy about reaching out to me. I'd love to hear any uh, good stories you have from your fantasy season so far. Uh, and you can get in touch with me on Twitter and Facebook. And the page is the Fantasy Football Advocate. Or if you search by Twitter handle, that's FFA underscore pod. Or if you prefer for interactions to not be on social media, you can reach the show directly at the FF Advocate at gmail.com. Uh, I'll leave those links in the show description. And uh, one more thing before I go. Um, if you do enjoy the show, uh, then please subscribe and leave a rating and review if you don't mind. And tell a friend about the show. It helps spread the word. I'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, as for this episode, like I said, that's going to do it. Good luck to everyone in week five. Until next Tuesday, play smart, have fun, and I will talk to you then.